0: Hey guys, Dr. Greg here, and on today's episode of the Daily Dose with Dr. Greg, I have Rachel Webster. Rachel is a integrative practitioner who started off her journey as a pharmacist. Rachel, great to have you on the show today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It truly is an honor.
0: You so you went to pharmacy school, and now you have the ability to be like Grandpa and dispense pills and do those things. And and then talk me through how the transition went from you wearing a lab coat in, a, in a, behind the counter to being an integrative practitioner
1: actually started with my own health journey. So um, probably about eight and a half or nine years ago, um, when I graduated pharmacy school was when I started having some crazy symptoms. So I actually started having really bad anxiety and panic attacks, just like out of nowhere. And it was right when I was taking my licensing exams, found out I was pregnant. I had this awesome job that was kind of waiting on me, passing my exam. so I had all of these stresses that I just started having panic attacks after panic attack. And I'm like, what is happening with me? So of course I went to my, my OB at the time because I had found out I was pregnant and she had told me, well, that's normal for pregnancy. And I'm like, this is my third pregnancy. This is not normal for me. I feel like a crazy person. Yeah. Um, but compounded over time, I started having more and more symptoms and I you know, ended up having chronic headaches. It was actually, I always joke that it was weird for me to not have a headache. And on the bad days, it was a migraine. And, Uh you know, I ended up going to the ER because of headaches and um, ended up having a CT, MRI, Uh even a lumbar puncture because they could not figure out what these headaches were coming from. So, of course, went to a neurologist that said everything looks normal. Sometimes headaches happen. We don't really know why. So I kind of went and was like, okay, but that didn't, it didn't end there. Things just started to compound on each other. And this is, you know, I'm working as a pharmacist now. um, And what led me to really figuring out, going to a functional medicine doctor was about a year before that I started having like extreme hair loss, um, weight gain, and like extreme fatigue. Like, Like I could probably, I could sleep like 10 hours and feel like I slept too. And I was like, I, there's something going on. And my biggest thing, that I finally kind of pushed me over the edge that was like, I need to seek something else out was my brain fog or my memory. I felt like I couldn't remember anything. And I would have conversations with my husband, multiple conversations. And he'd be like, we just talked about this yesterday and I had no recollection. And so I was like, okay, I need to go see somebody else because there's something going on and I can't figure out what it is. you're a mom of
0: three at this time. I'm a mom of three at this time. Yep. You're, you have a husband, you are rocking out a professional degree and your brain's not clipping along as it should. Uh-oh. Yep. So you, I, I, I don't want to skim over this. If I heard you correctly, you said that you were, you, it was around baby number three that you started having these symptoms. Yep. Uh, and and for, if for those listeners, that is so common. So many women will say to us, right? I, I was fine until and like the birth of my second or the birth of my third. Mm-hmm. And, and the reality is, that, like, a woman's body is so resilient, but the lack of sleep and being pregnant and the hormonal shifts and taking care of kids, you can only do that for so long before something's going to give, right? Definitely. Wow. Okay. So, continue. So, you decided to continue to seek and seek out some more clinical work.
1: Yes. So, over that course of time, you know, like I said, I had symptoms that compounded on each other. It wasn't just the panic attacks and the headaches. I started getting muscle weakness that I went to physical therapy. You know, they couldn't figure out what it was. Um, also had some heart palpitations, but never once did they ever draw like a thyroid panel or check anything like that. And so finally I was like, okay, I'm going to go see a functional medicine doctor because everything keeps coming back fine from the conventional medicine side, which I come from.
0: Right.
1: And so that's where I was like, okay, I'm going to go see somebody else. I'm going to try something new.
0: And whammo, square in the eyes, what did it show?
1: Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism.
0: Oh, my word. So you, so, ah, oh, that's crazy. So, so, okay. So I, I love it because I tell people this, labs don't fix a damn thing. However, they tell us what we're up against. Yeah. Okay. So now you have some information. Now, what do you do?
1: Yeah. So at that point, I was like, I, I was shocked, first of all, because you know, I thought I was fairly healthy. I always have been someone who exercises and moves, and so I was really shocked that oh, I'm I have an autoimmune disease. Mm-hmm. But when I was kind of at that point where I'm like, whatever you tell me to do, I will do it. I don't care. I will swallow a thing of garlic if if you tell me to. Like I'll do whatever. So, doing... so I went and followed his protocols, basically. So right. the main thing being nutrition,
0: right? And I have to, I have to assume that when you got those labs back and it showed you know, autoimmune hypothyroidism, you were like, no kidding, that makes so much sense. And it connects mm-hmm. so many dots. I ask every single one of my patients, when they get their labs back, we do this big lab video and we send it to them. And then I ask them, how did the information land on your soul? And I will tell you that 99% of the time, they're like, I felt so validated. Oh yeah. I- And some of them were like, I was actually concerned that you wouldn't find anything. And I was like, I don't, I've done this for 21 years and I don't think that I've ever not found anything. So, (laughs) so, so what I also want people to hear too, is that Rachel, that you were compliant. You trusted the process. Mm -hmm. You you didn't expect to tweak your diet a little bit. And then in three days go, oh my gosh, I feel amazing. I have a hairful, a head full of hair. I, my brain is back. My energy's back. My muscle strength is back. It takes time, right? And and you were also a part of the world where where Western medicine kind of has this thing like take two of these and see me in the morning and you're going to feel like a million bucks. So oh, yeah. I think a big part is educating people that, hey, just for our listeners, like Rachel didn't wake up one day and her body's like went from 100% to 0%, right? It's a process. And mm-hmm. actually what I have found... Uh, Because I run autoimmune thyroid markers on every single patient in my practice. I don't care if you're a 12-year-old girl or a 90-year-old guy. Mm -hmm. And what I believe, and this is just my, you know, 100,000 sets of labs, is I believe that in many cases, hypothyroidism is actually many years after autoimmune markers. And I believe that the thyroid kind of gets punched for so long that finally it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, fine, I give up and then we see that TSH number number elevated a bunch. So so okay so you've 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 got the diagnosis, you're being um, compliant with the protocol. What are the first positive signs and symptoms that you started to see once you started to walk down the functional medicine journey?
1: So my biggest thing no joke was um my menstrual pain. Mm-hmm. Like cuz I I so I'd had it since had a fourth child. So when I was diagnosed, he was about three, three and a half. Okay. So, and ever since then, I have regular cycles, but they were debilitating. I had to take, you know, ibuprofen around the clock just to take the edge off. Right. And so, from when I started my changing my, my diet and my nutrition, that next month, I had no pain. And that was the biggest light bulb I could ever even tell anybody is that, holy cow, my body was screaming at me for three years, every single month. Because I couldn't even get off the couch for like three days.
0: I actually, so if I hear you correctly, this happened with baby three. You had baby four in the meantime. Mm-hmm. Baby four could essentially be considered like a miracle baby, right? Because many mm-hmm. times when people have thyroid issues or infection, the body will intelligently pull fertility. Because the woman's That's body's dynamic. like, hey, right now, not the best time to have a bambino in the belly to do this thing. So, and I, and statistics show us that a third of couples suffer from infertility. And I, and I'm sure you have also, I have hundreds and hundreds of women in my career that have had, I call it pregnancy forced upon them through Mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands of dollars of fertility work. And then they come out the other side, kind of a hot mess. And they, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, hey, you have to understand that your body was infertile for a reason. It was Mm -hmm. saying, hey, I'm intelligently doing this because I've got all these other things I'm dealing with, and right now, a baby's not the best thing. So, um, and, and yes, I have frustrated uh, several fertility clinics with my approach on this. However, I've also I tell every single one of my female patients, you get healthy, you get fertile. You have been warned. Mm-hmm. I actually have a woman from Nebraska. Uh, her her last child previous to starting care with us, they spent just shy of hundred thousand dollars on fertility treatment, and yeah. that baby was twelve years old when she started working with us. And I got a phone call that Christmas and it was Dr. Craig. And I said, you're pregnant, aren't you? She said, how'd you know? I said, well, really do I get phone calls on the Christmas vacation? She's like, dude, don't you remember that we spent a hundred thousand bucks to get pregnant with the last kid? I'm now 38 and what's going on? So anyway, it's a huge correlation with that. Okay, mm-hmm. so you are journeying and at the same time, correct me if I'm wrong, you're still and I, nothing against pharmacy, by the way, I, there, there is a time and a place, pharmacy, we, we, we have prescribing clinicians inside of our practice, there is a time mm-hmm. and a place for pharmaceuticals to be used appropriately, they save lives. Um, so during this whole time, you still have, I assume, the white coat-ish type pharmacy approach, mm-hmm. yeah?
1: Yeah, okay. definitely. So, so
0: now something hit your soul, Rachel, where you're like, okay, <laughs> okay. Um I I feel this tug on my heart to change how I serve people. Talk me yeah. through that little soul searching journey. I'm in, I'm intrigued by this one.
1: Yeah, so definitely then you know, I it was probably about three months after working with my doctor and he re-ran my thyroid number. So this was kind of my second aha moment where, you know, I had an elevated TSH, which is that's how your body tells you it's hypothyroid. Mm-hmm. It my TSH had gone back into normal ranges. So I was like, okay. All right, why are we not talking about this way more? Because I'm, you know, I, after I found out I had Hashimoto's, I started joining all these Facebook groups for, you know, support. And and there were so many people in there that were just hopeless and just, you know, felt so alone and that no one understood what they were going through. And I'm like, why are we not talking about this more that we can support our body Mm -hmm. more than we know? Like we have more control over it than, you know, what conventional medicine might talk
0: about. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, so did you just can the pharmacy and jump across the ship or like because are, are you still in the pharmacy in some in some fashion? I am yes okay. I okay. still
1: work in pharmacy um, but I do my coaching on the side which I do hope to do that full time one day oh, yeah. um, but it definitely like you said it there is a place in pharmacy but I do think all too often we want that quick fix we want to jump to that you know quick thing but in reality, you know, it's, it's, there's studies out there that say people usually have elevated antibodies for 10 years before they find out that they actually have an autoimmune disease. 100%. And so we can't expect to feel better in two or three days or even two or three months. It's usually, it takes time to help support our body and help it rebalance, but it knows what to do once we start supporting it in the right oh my ways. gosh,
0: I love that. I love that. You said that I tell, I have said now for over 20 years, the body does not need help to heal. It just needs no interference. So our question, our job as clinicians is to ask what's in the way to identify that, to bring the right things in, to get the wrong things out and then to rock and roll from there. Okay, let's 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 start talking Hashimoto's. So so a lot of people have it. It's super common, um, you know, more men or more women rather than men. What are if someone doesn't run the lab? What are some common symptoms for our listeners if they're like, uh oh, that sounds a lot like me.
1: Yes, definitely. So common symptoms are fatigue. That's probably the most common one. Um, Weight gain or even just stubborn weight loss. If all of a sudden you're like, I cannot always lose weight no matter what I do. Um, Just being cold or cold hands and feet all the time. Um, Dry skin and like dry skin or uh, weak nails can also be a big thing. Constipation, Um, muscle weakness, too, which was a shocker to me because I was like I was having that and didn't even correlate that to being an autoimmune symptom. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. I, I, there are probably 7,000 or however many listeners we have hands going up and people like, oh my gosh, that sounds like me. But ultimately mm-hmm. we don't treat based upon symptoms, right? So this is where we, we test, we don't yes. guess. So um, let's talk about that. When, what type of a panel do you like to see? And then, and then how does it help you identify root causes? Definitely.
1: So running a full thigh prep, panel is so important. And a lot of times conventional muscle will run TSH. TSH, that's you know—that's their standard. That's what's in the guidelines for thyroid conditions. But it doesn't tell you a whole lot. TSH is a pituitary hormone. So right. we want to look at the thyroid specifically. So of course, we want to look at TSH. But we also want to look at free T3, free T4, reverse T3, and then those TPO and TG antibodies or uh, thyropoxidase or thyroglobulin antibodies. Right. Those are the ones that will tell you if you have an autoimmune condition going on.
0: And by the way, if you're a listener right now, you you've heard of these, and you, maybe this is the first time you heard of them. But I'm going to warn you right now: should you go to your primary care doctor and you ask for those tests that Rachel just rattled off, be prepared that your doctor is going to say we don't do that. And mm-hmm. and respectfully, think of so. Put your put yourself in their shoes for a second, listener. So if your doctor, if you ask your doctor to run a lab on you. And as nicely as I can say this, they don't know what the hell to do if those markers come back aberrant, then they're mm-hmm. going to be hesitant to run the lab. So, so And then two, it's not their specialty. Yes, they can order a lab, but just because they can order the lab doesn't mean they know what to do with the data. So, so And again, data doesn't fix, but it gives us a true idea as to what's going on. Um, how, about, how about other tests in addition to that thyroid panel? What are some other markers that, that really help you hone in on global hormone and thyroid function?
1: Um, Like functional labs, is that kind of what your your other blood work?
0: Yeah, yeah. well, I guess either way, let's go for it, girl.
1: (laughs) Well, um, I think looking at cholesterol panel is important too. So sometimes someone might not have like thyroid numbers out of range, but they can have high cholesterol panel. But then I'll also have all those symptoms too. So that can be another reason to check those antibody levels. And like you said, doctors might be hesitant to run it because that doesn't change the way they treat. It's not in the guidelines to run antibodies. They won't know what to do with the antibody levels. So, But, you know, with no fault to them, that's just what the guidelines say. Um, But also, I do like to run functional labs because, you know, looking at other, you know, like we talked about, what other things can be causing those underlying inflammation, what is causing those other symptoms to help the body, support the body to be able to function optimally, really. So I like to run certain... Functional labs like stool testing, organic acids tests, um, hair, tissue, minerals, and even Dutch hormone testing as well. There
0: you go. I love it. I love it. I think it's important to understand that the thyroid is a lot more than TSH. And Mm -hmm. for us to understand even how the liver functions and how the gut comes into that stuff and how, again, if the body is responding appropriately to its environment, the real question is, right, like, what is it? So I just talked about the liver. So let's talk about the liver's role in Hashimoto's a bit.
1: Yes, definitely. So the liver converts T4 to T3. So we actually need T4 to be converted to T3 because that's the active form of our thyroid hormone. So T3 goes on to activate the mitochondria in the, in the rest of our body. So that's why you can have such a widespread um, you know, symptoms, like so many different symptoms. And it might be different for some of us because our thyroid hormone, if our T3 is low, then we can have all of those symptoms. And so that's why it's important to run that free T3 level because if the doctor is just looking at TSH, sometimes they'll run T4, but if they're not looking at that T3 and the TSH and T4 look normal, but your T3 is low, Mm -hmm. that's why you could still be having all those symptoms. So liver is so important to support that so you get that optimal conversion.
0: It is so common. And I can't say always because I don't like when my kids use definitives always and never. (laughs) Uh, though I would say the majority of the time when I see a poor conversion, a poor T4 to T3 ratio, I will see um, ALT, AST, albumin globulin, liver enzymes outside mm-hmm. of range, and then the question is why then is the liver stressed, right? So now you now you mm-hmm. jump into a whole another you know bucket of of probabilities, and uh, and that's why functional medicine is not like like you and I didn't go to a weekend seminar, now we know everything about functional medicine. And that's why it's also not like, hey, take two of these, and you're going to be you're going to be better in the morning. So, I also think that an underlying conversation is really inflammation. So, I, I always tell people, success leaves clues, and the reality is a lot of your symptoms are really the byproduct of inflammation. Now, don't just go and take you know a steroid or like you had to take a, you know ibuprofen around the clock. What are some of the like your go tos that you tell your clients in the world of inflammation?
1: Yeah. So we want to figure out what is causing the inflammation, like you said, you know, and it can be different for everybody, but commonly is, you know, nutrition. Like what kind of foods are you eating? Are you eating more inflammatory foods or, you know, foods that are going to help bring down inflammation? Cause that's a big part of it. And you definitely cannot out supplement a bad diet. Like if you're not eating those foods that are nutrient dense, that are going to support your body, it's going to be really hard to get inflammation down so that's one of the biggest factors
0: so let's go there let's dive a little bit deeper so uh, there's a listener right now going okay like so i'd rather have people add something before they take it away so what in your opinion what is the number one thing that someone could add more of to their diet and what is the one thing that have the greatest impact if they pulled it away
1: oh that's a good question um add more um, definitely more veggies. I think so many of us don't get enough veggies mm-hmm. and they're so nutrient dense. So making sure you're getting a lot of colorful veggies, not just the same veggie all the time, mm-hmm. have a wide variety. Cause that's also going to help support our gut health too, our mm-hmm. gut microbiome. Yeah. Um, and then as far as taking away would be those inflammatory oils, you can, even if you go gluten-free, and you start eating a lot of gluten-free processed foods. A lot of them have inflammatory oils. So you might still not notice a difference if you go right. gluten-free. So those inflammatory oils can just cause a lot of inflammation in the
0: body. 100%. Give, us, give our listeners some examples of those inflammatory oils. Where, where would they see that on a label and what would it say?
1: Oh, canola oil. A lot of those even say heart healthy. Not so much.
0: Okay, so um, I'm, I'm going to jump in. So for the <laughs> listeners, there's no such thing as a canola plant. So I I grew up in farming country of North Dakota. If you were a farmer and you were planting, quote unquote, canola, the the tag on the bag of seed would say rapeseed zero zero. It's a genetically modified rapeseed plant. So you're correct. Canola and canola is actually an acronym. It's Canadian oil of low heat. So it's so highly processed and de-perfumed and heated that yeah, you're right. And and the reality is it causes all kinds of inflammation. It takes about two weeks for your body to clear it. So canola oil, what are some other ones that we need to be watching out for?
1: Vegetable oil, sometimes that can be interchangeable with canola oil, right. soybean oil, peanut oils. Um, what else? Drawing a blank.
0: Well, I think even, even so, I even saw some people talk about like nuts and seeds. Like, so mm. it's not uncommon for a roasted nut to have crappy oils added back to it so it's Mm -hmm. not so dry so just because nuts and seeds naturally might have a good oil many times they'll add an unhealthy fat to it now again going back to my upbringing in ranch country of north dakota even a cow that is raised or finished in a feedlot the flesh of that animal if you're if you consume meat causes inflammation as opposed Mm -hmm. to grass-fed free-range organic cattle that beef is very anti-inflammatory you know that's why People are like, what's what's your take on 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 dairy? I'm like, it depends upon how the cow was raised and what happened to the to the milk. You know, if if I was a dairy farmer and I had a calf that that was that the mom passed away, for example, and, the, and that calf needed to nurse, if I went to the grocery store and I bought a gallon of whole milk, the calf could not digest it, right? Because homogenization and pasteurization changes it so much. So, I I'm a big fan of like go back to God's and Grandma's way of doing things. Mm-hmm and uh if you can't pronounce it and there's more than five things in the label like you gotta ditch it so
1: definitely yeah
0: inflammation and the cool thing about inflammation is it really doesn't cost anything to avoid those things and you know a lot of people try to get super fancy and i'm like time out pump the brakes you gotta pick up the low hanging fruit before you go any deeper so okay hold that thought we're gonna jump onto a little bit of a commercial break here uh we're gonna hear from our sponsors and jump back in this podcast is sponsored by Therisage, affordable at-home saunas and therapy made simple. Therisage is your source for infrared healing and detox on the go. Head to therisage.com and use code Dr. Gregg Health for 10% off your entire order. All right, guys, we are back and I've got Miss Rachel here, a pharmacist turned integrative practitioner. One of the tools that we both love to upregulate the body is saunas. So let me, let me hear you talk about the sauna world for a second.
1: Yeah, definitely. Actually, it was only until earlier this year, or I guess it was last year, early last year, yeah. I got a sauna, used it a couple times, but then I heard about the finished study about saunas. Did you, have you heard of that study?
0: No, Jump in, Sauna listeners all about it.
1: Yeah, so it was a huge study, a review of all of these studies of the benefits of sauna. And oh my gosh, some like it came back with lower, like 51% less likely to um, have cardiovascular deaths when you've used the sauna four to seven times a week for, I think it was like 15 minutes. Um, And oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's dementia. huge. And I mean, even just like Alzheimer's and dementia, it was like, I think it was around 65%. Sorry, don't quote me on these, but it, they well, were big we'll numbers. We'll,
0: we'll, we'll post that study in our show notes so our listeners okay. can jump in and take a look at that it. That
1: would be awesome. It's yeah. so interesting. Um, and so when I saw that study, I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I need to use this more often because <laughs> I was using it just here and there and, you know, after I worked out and things like that. But Now I make sure that I'm using it at least four times a week, which it doesn't even have to be long. It was like 15 to 20 minutes or something a day. Yeah. And so and you know, our skin is one of our biggest detox organs. And so, you know, I I I get a lot of clients that come to me and they're like, Oh yeah, I don't sweat. I just thought it was, you know, awesome that I don't ever sweat. And I'm like, Uh No, we need to sweat. Yeah, totally. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And so that can be a good way to get get your body sweating but you know not all of us can afford a sauna of course right. um so of course getting you know a lot of um gyms will have saunas as well or right. even just drawing a bath and throwing some ginger in there can get right. your body sweating so you know sweating. sweating is so important because i think those results are so high is because it, we're helping our body to detox regularly from those toxins that we're continually exposed to
0: i love it i I talk ad nauseum about drainage, 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 uh-huh. drainage. Because I mean, we do a ton of work with, with chronic infection, chronic Lyme disease. And if, if things can't get out, you're not going to fix anything. And and uh-huh. so I, I now I'm personally, I'm a big fan of, of middle, near and far infrared therapy. Uh-huh. Uh, we've, I've used a, a company out of um, Florida now for almost 10 years. I actually know the owners. Actually, their, their daughter passed away from chronic Lyme disease and associated... Yeah. Co-infections. And these, the be- this is the Besner's Therisage is the company. Uh-huh. They've essentially given their life to create products. And one thing, too, that I want to share with the listeners is, um, so, for example, Therisage, and I'm sure many other companies, make infrared mats as well. So that's a, that's a benefit where, like, I'll be honest, in my house, the mat is used 10 to 1 over the sauna because if someone sits on my couch, they have the mat or the red light therapy mat on them. But the thing is, what you're saying is, is our body just needs these little, these little, this little help over and over right. again, and it doesn't mm-hmm. take much. You don't have to go in there and sweat buckets like mm-hmm. fifteen minutes. Like, come on, who can't do that? So, if so, if so, if you're listening and you have a sauna, and we're not going to get into the weeds about is infrared better than than traditional? Should you have your head stick out or not? Like, just get in the damn sauna. Right. Like, stop, mm-hmm. stop trying to make an exception for the rule, and use it right. Or if you have one in the gym. Go and use it. Yeah. Because so many people are like, oh, if I can't do it perfect, I don't do it at all. Right. So um so infrared therapy is great. Do you have a, a sauna brand or type that you are a fan of?
1: I actually use therasage. So Let's I was just laughing because my daughter was having some I think we think it was growing pains and we put my little red light panel on her last night because she was yeah. she was hurting. And so I love red light therapy as well.
0: Yeah, and for those that have the the full on, but well by the way, we'll put the link to the therasage sauna in our show notes. You can actually take their panel out of that sauna and have a cable that hooks up to it. It actually plugs into just a USB um, connection. So I have people that go up and down the road with their red light panel over their liver or over their thyroid, or, you know, it can be used so well for that. So girl, you got some cool tools. I love it. So, okay. So you said that you are, that you, that you kind of split time between the pharmacy and, and treating clients. So let's say that we have a listener right now. They're like, I like this gal. Like she, she knows her stuff. Walk me through kind of the journey. So um, what does the journey look like? Um, what is what, what journey do you take them on? What can they experience? So I really want someone to understand that before they take that jump. So so if someone's interested, walk me through.
1: Yeah, so I, I do a four months to start so that they're already set up. We're going to meet up at least four times, but then they can always get access to me in between those times. But we will start out talking about nutrition and lifestyle basics. So that is important in my mind because we've got to get that nutrition. We've got to get that inflammation down. And then there's certain lifestyle habits that can either be, you know, causing inflammation or decreasing inflammation. So we'll go about that. And it's different for everyone. So we do a really deep dive into their health history and you know find what those things might be that we can really support their body best. And then we also run labs we run labs we run functional labs I also like to use a little bit of bioresonance scanning in there too that helps us find some um, other root causes but that helps us really pinpoint what their body needs are there's no one size fits all protocol there every I have not had one client that has been the same and so getting those yeah so getting those labs back really helps be like okay I we know what your body needs and where to start
0: Right. And do you see people just locally or do you see people virtually as well or what is your practice? How does yep, it sound that way?
1: Just virtual right now so. Just
0: virtual. Yeah. Very cool. Um okay so if I, so if i hear you correctly we start with doing a deep dive initial evaluation we understand what we're actually up against we order labs understand what the biochemistry says and then we go on a 4 month journey that's a deep dive into nutrition and many other things that are part of your journey and then do you typically run labs again at the end of that journey or what is that Kind of how did they, how do you know where they are at the end of that four months?
1: Yes. So at the end of the four months, we can kind of decide if we want to rerun labs, if they want to continue going, then we'll rerun labs to see where they're at. And then we can continue on there. Some people are kind of, some people don't need as much support. They're kind of like go-getters and they're like, yep, I'm just going to go and take it off on my own. And that's great because my goal is to educate them, to help them have those tools that they can continue moving forward, not just send them on their way and they're like, crap, I don't know what to do now, but have those tools to move forward. So if in the future they find, oh man, I'm having a lot more symptoms, like, okay, where can I go back or where do I need to focus on?
0: Reach back out. Yeah, that's, that's so good. I think it's, I've, we've got a new initiative in our business, um, we're gonna actually create a university with all kinds of really cool things. And the thought that I have behind that is, could I potentially work myself out of a job? Could I create a something that's out there that is so easy to navigate and has the right information that someone's like, oh yeah, I just went to this place and I did all these steps and like, to me, that would be really cool because mm-hmm. the reality is there are some people, like you said, that truly need a lot of handholding and they're at a level where it is not a do it yourself process. Yes. And, and there are those that are pretty savvy and they're respectfully not as involved And like, boom, follow this journey and, and you're going to get exactly what you need. So so how do these listeners find you? Where, where do they go to get connected with you?
1: Yeah. So I'm mostly just on Instagram. Um, I do have a website, kind of in process, like kind of being revamped, but mostly you can find me on Instagram. It's Rach underscore at Hashimoto's wellness or oh, wow. sorry, Rach underscore Hashimoto's wellness. <laughs>
0: okay, perfect. And we'll link to that in our show notes as well, Rachel. So, so I am grateful to chat with you. You have a really cool approach and I love when you have that pharmacological background, right? Because these people, you understand pharmacology obviously better than 90% of doctors out there because um, that's what you have your degree in, girl. So I love it. I'm grateful that you have taken some time to, to I'll, I can only imagine that your clinical side of your professional life is actually much more difficult and much more thought-provoking then filling prescriptions and again i'm not trying to downplay that but but that's a heart decision right that's something that says i i have to do this i get to do this because it's a calling on my soul and i completely grasp that so our listeners are super grateful so rachel what an honor to have a conversation with you today thank you for being you uh i am grateful for your husband and your kids to um to the time that you have to give up for this uh, because you know that when you impact people's lives you impact hundreds, if not thousands yourself. So I appreciate you. And thanks for your time.
1: Oh, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure chatting with you.
0: All right, guys, there you go. Another episode of the Daily Dose of Dr. Greg. Um, Rachel Webster, super gifted clinician. Reach out to her, follow her on social. And uh, who knows, she might be the right fit for you clinically.